0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Covenant Eyes podcast. Karen Potter here, like always, with my co-host, Brandon Clark. Hey, Brandon. How's it going today?
1: I'm doing great. I'm really excited for our conversation today, not just for parents listening, but also church leaders. And as we think about the bigger picture, taking this to a systemic level and trying to bring changes when we see problems. And all of that is going to be a part of our conversation today. And I'm really excited about that because it's not just one little piece. We recognize that there's many pieces of the puzzle. And our guest today, his organization that he's founded is working to put all of those pieces into the puzzle together.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. And of course, our guest today is someone that we both know really well, because in addition to all of his hard work with Protect Young Eyes, he also works at Covenant Eyes as one of the directors in our marketing department. He manages our uh, digital marketing efforts and a whole bunch more. He is an incredible gentleman. Welcome, Chris McKenna.
2: Hey, Karen and Brandon. It's like going to hang out with friends. This isn't my typical (laughs) podcast interview where we have to get to know each other. So
0: this is awesome. (laughs) Well, we're so glad to have you. And I know that you are a busy guy and you have a lot of wisdom to share with us. So let's jump right into today's conversation. Would you mind telling our guests a little bit about who you are, what you do with Protect Young Eyes? And um, then we'll just kind of dive right in.
2: Sure. Sure. Well, this was an accident. I put that in quotes. Know that I'm list, you know, that there'll be a lot of ministry leaders, right? These quote accidents that, uh, all when you look back, go, wow, now that makes sense, but it wasn't what you intended. I'll start off a conversation about technology by saying, I'm not a tech guy. That's a horrible way to start this conversation, right? (laughs) And yet it's true because I believe that every ministry leader listening to this, or maybe you also are a parent or a grandparent, If you feel overwhelmed by technology, number one, you're not alone. And number two, I believe we all have digital superpowers that simply need to be unleashed. So our role at Protect Young Eyes is to identify those practical tips and solutions that regardless of your digital IQ, you can do it. And we started out of what I saw as a need in ministry. So I 12 years worked in risk mitigation with Ernst & Young. That was my job. They would send me to big companies. We'd find out where there was a risk of something going wrong and we would put in systems to mitigate those risks. So my mindset when it comes to situations is how do we make it less risky? Whether I'm a parent or a professional, I'm constantly scanning the world for identifying ways to remove risk. In that case, it was risk of harm to finances. Now it's directed towards risk of harm to humans because I also have a deep love of family and of childhood. And so the Lord called me out of that 12 year career into becoming a um, a leader for a large middle school ministry, because being in charge of middle schoolers is just like being a CPA, not, (laughs) not at all, but that's God's sense of humor. And the time frame, Karen and Brandon, that I was in that role is what's so important. Now looking backwards on this quote accident, I was in ministry from 2009 to 2016, right? So the iPhone was released in 2007, Instagram, Snapchat, and the like are released, you know, in the 2010 to 2012 timeframe. So I was witness to teenagers beginning to carry the internet with them for the first time in human history, carrying a hundred million people in your pocket with you. And to me, that presented a risk that was not being fully appreciated or mitigated with a lot of really good parents. So I started a closed Facebook group in 2014 called Digital Kids, did research because I liked solving problems. Is that consultant in me? I like to fix problems. And that led then to a website and then churches saying, Hey, come talk to our parents and schools saying, Hey, come talk to our kids. And although COVID changed things for a little while, we're back on track. I now have a team of five presenters this past calendar year. We did about 355 presentations around the country from Alaska to Hawaii to New York and Back on track now for 2022, scheduling like crazy. So we want to be in there really on the front lines with families and with organizations that care about families to help them teach their young people and sometimes themselves how to use technology in a good, positive, God-honoring way. Because if we don't, it will direct our lives instead of us directing it. So That's an incredible story.
1: Yeah. And this is why we have you on the podcast, Chris. (laughs) <laughs> because technology moves so quickly, I can't even keep up with it all. Can you talk a little bit about for the parents listening, for the ministry leaders, just some of the trends that we're seeing digitally? I know on your blog post there was one about AI, and um, you know there's a lot of different things that people might not even know about.
2: Well, I would first say to the amazing you know caregivers who might be listening to this, ask them right? They are a wonderful source of truth. I love it when we can bridge our technical questions or our technical deficiencies as adults with relational solutions with our kiddos, right? And sometimes that's starting with some questions around, you know, what you are curious about or what you don't understand, or you saw this in the news and you want their perspective on it. And that's a really powerful tool. So we do like to try to do research and provide information on whatever might be happening right now, although timing wise, I know people might listen to this different, obviously from today, it'll be weeks from now, but like, for example, Brandon and Karen, like right now, as we're having this interview, there's a really important Senate hearing that is going on talking about some of these current today harms that are happening to kids. I just listened to the most horrific and just real testimony from an ICAC officer, like on the front line. So every state has its own internet crimes against children task force of police officers that are funded by appropriations from Congress and they are on the front line. So he just shared this horrifying statistic that out of right now, like at this moment in time, a hundred thousand instances of humans actively trading sexual abuse material of infants being harmed online based on resources that are available. There are only 792 being investigated, right? So there's this inundation. What the internet does that is so fabulous is it connects us to people. We wouldn't normally be connected to. It provides us with information that we normally wouldn't have access to. And in the case of say healthcare, it provides us, care for the bodies god has given us in ways that we've never dreamed possible and yet for our young people and some people will totally disagree with me on this podcast even i believe that there is very little about childhood the period of life that is so precious to our formation our development as human beings there is very little about childhood other than my health that is made better by the existence of today 's technologies because they were not crafted with children in mind that's and so that 's powerful that 's what 's like driving all the conversations around what 's emerging. We experiment first on humans, and the humans that always feel the first brunt or impact of our experimentation are children. And then almost secondarily, it's almost always women, right? And so when you look at our history, that's what happens. In education, we all ran to technology. So we threw it in the classrooms and we're experimenting on our children, right? iPhones and the like, we, we experiment on our children and we don't know what that experimentation is doing. And yet we're seeing now in that data and others, you know, so... You mentioned AI, just as an example, right? Everybody's talking about ChatGPT and OpenAI and Jasper AI and all these different... Now Google has theirs because now they're, they went from one to second and they're not happy. <laughs> like All of a sudden, everybody's talking about the Edge browser and Bing again, like it's AOL all over. It's like they came back out of the grave and now they're number one again. Gen <laughs> yeah, Xers
0: rejoice, right? right? <laughs> and,
2: and so Google just released their own AI now called BARD, I don't know why, but B-A-R-D. So we have this AI race that has us all a little bit freaked out. It starts, starts to feel a little bit like Skynet for those that are movie buffs, right? You're starting to think of Terminator sort of stuff here. The machine's taking over. We're not there yet. But again, we're in this phase of we don't know. We've unleashed this sort of on the planet without a lot of knowledge around what it could do and... Initially, that stirs up a lot of fear. And so when we feel that way, I think it's just important for us to do our own research. And we want to provide some of that information and do the research for people where possible. Um, and as parents, not to let fear always just drive our parenting, because that's just going to drive a wedge in what we like to focus on, which is building bridges of digital trust. Kids can smell a fearful parent a mile away, and that just turns them into a little digital ninja that they'll get it anyway, right? So we don't want to let that drive our our parenting style and instead do research, do information, be curious and other things that we can bridge with our kids to learn from them too. So was a long-winded, meandering answer to a simple question, but I think that just sort of shapes how complicated so much of this is, right? As we're trying to parent and trying to ministry today, it's complicated.
0: Absolutely. Well, there was a ton of wisdom in there for our listeners to pull out. So I think there's something for everybody in, in that statement that you made. One of the things that's interesting is that I work with um, several people outside of Covenant Eyes and other businesses that I do, and um, they're tech geniuses, and they they know how to do AI, and they do that in their workspaces. And they always tell me they're like, it is so good that I'm a Christian with morals because if I didn't, like AI is very dangerous in the wrong hands. So you were talking a little bit about that. And I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing that we don't know. We're experimenting in all these different places and our children are certainly paying the price for that experimentation. So I think that's a word of caution for our listeners. You know, we do need to be very careful and protect our, our young ones and, um, and our teenagers too. I mean, it's never too late to engage. Chris, what do you say to parents um, that might be listening who are listening to this? And they're like, I've made a lot of mistakes here with technology. Like, what do I do to kind of pump the brakes? (laughs) Any advice?
2: Yeah. Number one, uh, don't freak out. Number two, no matter what I say in the next 30 minutes of this conversation, you are not allowed when your child comes home from school, you are not allowed to smash their iPhone. Again, all that does is it doesn't (laughs) only smash the device, but it smashes any possibility for conversation and trust that you would have with your child. I think a really powerful way to pump the brakes, so to speak, is to simply talk to your child and say, honey, I've learned some things. And what my mama gut or what my dad protective heart, whatever it wants to do, is I want to smash your iPhone but I promise that I'm not going to do that because I want to acknowledge here in the light that that doesn't help you. That probably chases you into the very things that I don't want you to do. And that would be a poor parenting choice, but I got to tell you, that's what I want to do. Okay. Now that that's out there, amazing son or daughter of mine, I want to apologize because I probably said yes to some things before I should have. And, and, probably didn't prepare you for some things as well as I could have. And that's on me. That's not on you. If you've run into something and not known what to do, if you felt scared or unsure or violated or exploited in some way and didn't know how to handle that situation, that's not your fault. I could have done more. This technology doesn't care about you. And now I want to walk with you in what it looks like to be a better version of you with this technology. How can I help you with this technology? How can I make you believe that beyond any doubt, no matter what happens to you online, that you can land safely and softly with me? Never a bad time, never in trouble. And approach it from a position of humility, of apology, of authentic connection. You're not condemning them. You're not blaming them for doing things that the 14 year old version of us would have done times 10. And tell them that, recognize that teenage brains, tween brains are no different in 2023 than they were in 1993, right? When I was graduating from high school. It's just that what we've put in front of them, what we have placed in their pockets, under the deception of safety, wasn't designed for them. And it's in some cases doing harm. That's on us. It's not on them. So I just think it's really powerful for them to hear some things, to not have another adult waving a condemning finger at them. They don't need that. And recognize that we would have done the exact same things. When you put lowercase g, godlike technology, in the pockets of developing brains, and then those brains make decisions like teenagers, that is not their fault. And I think they need to hear these things from us instead of being condemned by us for doing things that they shouldn't be blamed for, to be honest.
0: Oh, that's so good, Chris. I think you're speaking to the hearts and minds of a lot of people out there right now. So I do hope all of our listeners will share this segment far and wide. Those those words, just as a mom, that just hits me right in the heart. You know, I I just that's awesome, Chris. Thank you so much for that. Um, I do wanna I do wanna give our our parents and our ministry leaders out there looking for something practical to walk away from this interview with. Um, some resources. I know that you have an app that's available that can help parents navigate technology and give them, I believe there's educational content. There's all sorts of things in there. Would you talk a little bit about that and how they might be able to get access to something like that?
2: Yeah. You know, a real low lift, Karen, for um, people listening, um, and I'll get to the app here. I'll kind of do it in, uh, you, you know, lowest lift to medium lift, to maybe slightly higher lift with the app. If that's intimidating or not able to be found, we are very active. I bang on social media, but we're very active on social to share a lot of really valuable free information through both our Facebook and Instagram pages there. That's a really low lift. On our website, if people want to subscribe to our PYE download, it's a very, um, you know, I would say in depth, but not, you're not going to get it any more than about two or three weeks. Every two or three weeks, you'll get this download with research, what we've written about. The way I describe that free newsletter is. At any point in time, there is so much information out there about technology and the risks and harms. And Brandon, you alluded to that earlier. And if you imagine that there is a room in your house that is just full of confetti, right? It's annoying enough when you get a card with a little bit of confetti in it. That's a lot of confetti still. But imagine a room full of confetti and those pieces all represent the amount of tech news that's out there. Our job at Protect Young Eyes, one of the roles that I take very seriously Is for us to bear the responsibility of going into that room every Monday and pulling out the pieces of confetti that matter most to our families so that they don't have to try to wade through the noise and filter through all of the information that's out there. And then we put that, you know, in that newsletter. That's what updates our website. We have a whole process around finding the information, updating the information, reporting the information that happens every week, every Monday. And that newsletter then is the free an easy way to receive that. You can do that on our website for those listening, or you could simply on your iPhone or Android right now, pull up whatever you'd use for messaging. And in the number, type the number 66866. And in the body of the text, put the word protect. Hit send, you'll get a bilingual response back and you'll join tens of thousands of people all over the world that receive that newsletter. Because that's important for you to understand that You and wherever you happen to be, you could be in Montana only because I've been working with Montana recently, wherever you are, understand that parents all over the world are feeling these exact same pains. I did a presentation at the German embassy in Tehran, Iran via VPN on zoom a few months ago, because it's the only way to get to the internet in Iran. And these parents were telling me the exact same things in the middle of the Middle East about the pains that they're feeling. And they receive our newsletter, right? So that's a medium lift way. And then you mentioned the app. If you went to the app store or Google play, if you searched protect young eyes, you would find the protect app. It has some free content in there or for three 99 a month, you can subscribe to videos. You can watch with your kids. We're big on shoulder to shoulder. We time with technology, not just me time with technology. We do technology with our kiddos and those videos you can watch with your kids. And that's all all in the app. That's the practical. We, we, Like I said, I'm not a tech guy. We specialize in the practical tips and little things that any parent, whether your kids are four or 14, and that app has 500 mini lessons, bilingual, scripture-based that anybody can download and use.
1: Well, that's fabulous. Chris, I want to take this a little bigger. So we've been talking to parents, we've been talking to ministry leaders, but there's a bigger battle here, one that you have been fighting for a while. These companies go out and they produce this technology without children in mind. Our children basically fall victim to to what's happening. And yet it seems like there's not a lot of accountability involved in this whole system and what's happening. So you guys have had uh, initiatives like the Fix App Rating. I know you're working with Senator Mike Lee on some bills in the U.S. Senate There's the committee meeting that you mentioned, the hearing that was happening today. Talk a little bit about the bigger picture here with going to state legislatures and going to the United States legislature and trying to make sustainable changes to help our children, to help our parents as well.
2: Yeah, thanks, Brandon. That work, uh, you know, if you would have asked me even four years ago, Chris, do you have any interest in legislation? I would have said no and give me a 10 foot pole because there aren't many people that just wake up in the morning to go, yes, politics. But what I've learned and Karen is, I know, you know, people can't see us, but we're kind of laughing because I know you dabble and you work in that lane also. And so, but once you get in it, I think you find there, there's a, the real energy that kind of comes from it. And what I want all the listeners of this to, to hear, is like you don't have to be a lobbyist or a politician to impact politics. Like literally, this hearing that is happening while we're having this interview now, last week, there was an opportunity. I, I sent a letter to Senator Debbie Stabenow. We have, you know, our two senators here in Michigan, right? Senator Peters and uh, Senator Stabenow. And I sent a letter through her website to Senator Stabenow. And I got a response from Senator Stabenow, right? We have access to our representatives and our state and federal, you know, congressional leaders go to the website, Submit a note that you want to talk to somebody, walk into their office, find out when they have town hall meetings. I was just in DC a week and a half ago, Brandon, for something else. And I went to, you know, the Senate offices that are there on the Hill and the, and the representative offices that are in Hart, Russell, and Dirksen. I literally walked into Senator Peter's office there in DC and said, hey, is anybody around? I'd like to have a conversation around technology. And the guy at the front desk was from Grand Rapids. They're in DC. And so I think we we lose sight of how accessible we as the people who elected them, if you listening to this have a problem with how technology is manipulated and exploiting children, go tell them. If you're a ministry leader, get involved right now. Like literally last year, um, church down in Texas, Prestonwood, that we've worked with, they called me up and they're like, Chris, we wanna we wanna get some legislation going. So we had a conversation with their senator. And like, we are two weeks out from a hearing that started with the pastoral team at Prestonwood saying that we want to make change as the church in our policies. And now there's the possibility, the strong possibility that we will have device filtering legislation passed in the state of Texas. Because a church said we're not satisfied with what we see, right? So that's it's a little bit of a call to action there that all of us can do this. Because at the state and the federal level, that's where we are. I focus probably on a third of my time at Protect Young Eyes in that lane. I've co-written legislation with Nikosi, who I know you've talked about here often, and they've been interviewed, right? Um, ben Bull and others. Don, you know the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. We've Co-crafted legislation that has now been filed that will be in hearings in, I believe, nine different states during this session right now. I was just on the phone with Idaho last night, Montana last week. We've already passed it in Utah. So I just want everybody to again hear. I have no degree in political science. I didn't really like government class, right? And at the end of the day, we all as the people who are, you know, being represented by these individuals at the state, local, state and federal level, let them know what you're dissatisfied with. Let them know.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. That's really encouraging. That's really encouraging too, because oftentimes it can seem so big, right? You you get like this huge, huge pizza and you're like, how am I going to eat this thing? Well, one bite at a time. And it takes each one of us Chris, have you seen the tide starting to turn as you've gotten involved at this level in the different states and even at the DC level? Well,
2: um yes, in I don't know how to express this. So, there is a building frustration among advocates like myself and others. And you know, Covenant Eyes cares deeply about cultural change on the issue of pornography. And what we're finally starting to see is we'll call it the um, accumulation of paper cuts that might be starting to make a difference, right? And this is where I go back to like, it's, you know, scripture tells us that one fire can burn down everything, right? And that's on the negative sense with our words there in James 3. But on the positive side of that, right? It sometimes just takes one bill to start a conversation. So we have, you know, Representative Schlegel down in Louisiana, right? Right. With a Democratic governor, but a bipartisan effort, and she got passed age verification legislation that demands sites that have around 30 percent. there's a number that they've attached in the bill. pornography on the sites have to age verify through three different methods that they lay out in the bill, whether or not you are an adult to access this site. almost kind of snuck it in. And now there's like 17 states out of nowhere who are proposing age verification legislation. And the porn industry is furious, right? Oh, free speech, First Amendment, baloney. Right? Porn is not a, a first. We can have a different conversation about the First Amendment in another in another podcast. But what I'm saying, you know, yes, we're starting to see finally, because the 117th Congress that just finished did nothing frustratingly did nothing, a lot of promises. So like this hearing that's happening right now, right? On February 14th, you know, Valentine's Day, we're having this conversation. Even if you're listening to it later, what's really important about the timing of this is it's happening early in this new Congress to put a stake in the ground to say, we're going to start this conversation early. We've got two years to get stuff done. And that's why we're, you know, encouraged by it happening now at the federal level. But honestly, Brandon, and, and this is somewhat pushed by, you know, we have a Supreme Court that is, we've seen this even in the Roe decision, that is very much pushing authority to the states, right? And letting the states make more decisions, right or wrong or indifferent, right? I mean, um, you, you know, that's what we're seeing. And so the states are exerting great power. California passed a child safe design bill, right? That. Again, has everybody in big tech trembling because it will force them to think about and make certain decisions that right now they're not willing to make because they prioritize profits around protecting kids first. And now there are multiple other states. I know of four others that are proposing their own version of California's bill. So starting to see the power of the state legislatures who are more nimble, make some of these decisions that will forcefully, you know, hopefully force them our Congress in DC to do things so that it can be more uniform. But whether it comes from the top down from Capitol Hill or the bottom up, power to the people in the states, I don't care. Let's get it done. And that's the sentiment that we're starting to to see. And some of the, you know, tipping points that I think are just starting to build up after, you know, years of really persistent effort.
0: That's great news. Yeah. And I would encourage people out there listening like it can happen from the bottom up as well as the top down. And we are a constitutional republic. And that means that people have the power. We are represented by these folks that get elected into offices. So you know, I think as parents or Christians, uh, we do need to engage with our elected officials and, and fight for those things that matter to us. And protecting our kids is something I think we can all unite behind. So I'm excited to hear you talk a lot about the momentum that you're seeing, and I hope that we can continue to push that forward. Chris, in closing, I, I do want to thank you so much for all of your hard work at Protect Young Eyes, the work that you do Um, I can't imagine how many hours and, and, you know, sleepless nights you must have doing the work that you do, but it is needed. It is valuable. And we just really appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. I know as a mom, I I used it when my kids were in high school. I love, I loved to learn from you and all of your resources. So thank you. And, um, we just want to appreciate, you know, appreciate the fact that you work at covenant eyes as well. So you bring your talents and your, your heart and your passion to what we do here at covenant eyes. So thank you, Chris.
2: Yeah you you're welcome. I mean Covenant Eyes if I go back far enough is that um one of those sparks, right? I was exposed to pornography as a young child that led to adult compulsive use that led to a lot of corrosive years with Andrea and I that really um was devastating and Covenant Eyes was the solution, you know, 12 13, I don't remember the exact time, you know, years ago that started that process of recovery. And that was really the catalyst way before even that closed Facebook group where Karen, there was an open night of ministry and a ministry leader said, Hey, Chris, do you want to talk to parents? What would you talk about? And I said, I want to talk about porn. And I tell you back in 2013, there were very few people having open conversations in churches, you know, about pornography. And that's kind of where it started. And so Covenant Eyes is very much at that beginning of this journey that focuses on better ways for us as humans to interact with our digital devices, protect those amazing kiddos from these harms and, you know, still use it to this day. I'll use it forever. This isn't covenant eyes. Isn't a tool that you use till you just aren't looking at porn. It's a tool that ensures porn never makes its way back in. (laughs) So for me, that'll be till death. And I just want to encourage anybody listening, you know, your story matters. God can turn any misery into ministry. I think that's what he's doing through me, and all of us, I mean, Brandon, you have a story, Karen, you have a story right. Use these gifts that God has given us to move forward, and again, anybody can pick up that phone and um, you know have a conversation with those who represent you and make sure your story is known. Make sure it's heard um, because they really matter.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Chris. We appreciate your time. It's good to be fighting on the same team with you doing so much good. Karen, uh, now that we're at the end here, what's your biggest takeaway for today?
0: Well, there's a lot, but I think my biggest takeaway, probably because it's something that I'm very passionate about, is that people need to get involved. I, I think mm-hmm. that we can we can change the tides out there and we can pressure our politicians to help right the ship from a legislative perspective, because obviously talking to technology people, the tech companies isn't working. So now we're going to have to, you know, you can do the carrot and the stick model we're going to have to bring the stick and that's our voices talking to our elected officials. So I just, I really want to encourage people to get involved. I mean, you can make a difference. It's not just one voice. You're uniting with hundreds and thousands of other voices out there. So my biggest takeaway is that there is hope and we can do this. How about you, Brandon?
1: Yeah, I love that. It really takes a full court press on this issue. I think my biggest takeaway is probably for the parents that There's an organization out there who is doing all of the research, all of the work for you, and you can download their app, the Protect app, and just five minutes a day, you can get a lesson in learning about social media and all of the different things that are happening. I just want to encourage parents to take that action as well in informing yourself, making sure you're aware. You know, as parents, we're given that responsibility to raise up our kids, especially in the Lord, and there's a lot of things out there that try to bring us down. It's a spiritual battle. I'll just say that this is as much a spiritual battle as anything. And so doing what we can as parents to sharpen our minds so that we can be the parents our kids need us to be. So that as we're preparing them over 18 years or, or such and sending them out into the world, they're not going to be sitting ducks for, for what's facing them. They're going to be equipped and ready and soldiers for the Lord. That's my biggest takeaway, Karen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, in closing today, we do want to thank everybody for joining us for the Covenant Eyes podcast. Please like the podcast, share the podcast with your family, friends, and members of your church. And for our pastors and ministry leaders out there, feel free to share the podcast with your congregation. There is so much wisdom and so much information coming through this program because of amazing guests like Chris McKenna and others that come on this show. So we just wanna thank you from the bottom of our heart. God bless, take care until next time.